Hi, Sarepta. It's just wonderful to be in your homes again. Really am looking forward to meeting together. It's uh, 87 days into lockdown. It is uh, the shortest day of the year. Um, and it's also Father's Day. So we just bless all the fathers here today, all the fathers listening. But most of all, we've come to bless our Heavenly Father. So let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for today. We ask, Lord, that each person would feel your love today, that you have given so greatly to each of us. May we be thankful for that. Amen. And so today is a Gem Sunday. And so we've got a few people sharing, uh, Greg and uh, Sue, Sue Palmer, uh, Margie Schleyer, and then we're going to come to the table. So Sue is going to open up the batting now. Hi, everyone. I um, have been asked by Al just to share a little bit about what God has been doing in my life recently. And in particular, I wanted to chat to you a little bit about how God has laid on my heart the importance of tithing, even in the hard times. During our initial lockdown, I had the privilege to listen to some interesting teachings. And one of them that I listened to was about getting my house in order, and more particularly about tithing. And uh, I realized as I listened to this teaching that I had, although I had been giving, and giving quite a lot, I had actually not been tithing. When we bring our tithe, we are giving back to God that which actually belongs to Him. It says in Malachi 3.8 that we rob God. And we can only rob God if we don't bring Him that which is rightfully his. Also, when we tithe, God rebukes the devourer over our belongings and blesses the rest of our finance. God will protect us and intervene on our behalf. So I'd like to share a testimony about what happened to me. After I'd heard that teaching, I had a tremendous urgency in my spirit that I needed to tithe. And I've been involved in two associated really in two churches over the past few years and uh, I hadn't been tithing because I didn't really belong to either. So I contacted both the churches, got banking details and worked out my tithe and uh, separated the, the tithe and sent uh, the money through to each church. Done and happy. The next morning, my husband said to me uh, that we needed to consider offering a 20% discount to every tenant on our property to show sensitivity uh, of hard times they might be going through during this lockdown. Now, I knew the situation that of a lot of the people on our property. Now, I knew some people were getting their full salaries and others who were self-employed weren't getting very much money at all. And I ended up arguing with my husband about it because I didn't think that a blanket discount was actually a good thing. 
Anyway, I decided that I would sleep on it. And the following morning when I woke up, I had perfect peace about it. And so I sent through all the invoices, offering these people 20%, um, and not discriminating one from the other, even though I knew the circumstances were completely different. So here I was. First of all, I had given out of our limited finances by tithing. And then secondly, my husband was now going to reduce our income because the rentals that we get was, is the only income that we actually get. And now he was reducing the amount of money we were going to get. So, wow, you know, I was really putting myself on the line here by doing this. But anyway, I believe, I believe that I could trust God in this respect. And so uh, we went forward with it. About three days later, I happened to look at my bank account and noticed that there was quite a large deposit in my bank account that I actually didn't recognize and didn't know where it had come from. And uh, after taking a long, hard look at this, I saw, saw, first of all, that this amount had actually been put into my bank account on the day I heard the teaching. Not the day that I paid the tithe, nor the day that I actually uh, offered 20% discount, but the day that I heard the teaching, this amount had been put into my bank account, and it was actually the first of my relief uh, money that had been given to me from UIF. Now, I had only made the application to UIF the day before, so the following day, I received this money. Unheard of. A lot of people are still struggling to get money from UIF, and I have since then received three more payments. So we can't limit what God is able to do for us. And, um, but we do need to get our house in order. And there are a few things that we need to do, and the first one is to build our altar. And I had to laugh. Somebody said, you know, we can't build altars like they did in the old day where they make a put a bride place outside and go to a shop and buy burrowbos and cook it and offer that as a sacrifice to God. Our altars that we build now, we build through prayer. As we pray, God is in our midst and he will sanctify the ground that we stand on as we pray. So the first thing we need to do is build our altar. The second thing we need to do is give. And we need to give to the poor and to the person who's actually giving us spiritual input. And the third thing we need to do is offer our first fruits. And the first fruits, a lot of people question, is normally to do with a windfall that you get or some unexpected income that you get. And when we get that, we need to offer part of that towards God. And he will then sanctify the rest of your income and the rest of our finances. So if we put these three things in place, it creates a memorial before God, which he cannot ignore. And, the, and what happens after that is that uh, the blessing of the Lord will follow through. So that's my story. And I'd like to encourage every one of you to actually try and put these things into place and see how the blessing of the Lord will follow through. Thank you, Sue, for such a wonderful testimony of God's grace and mercy and provision in your life. It's amazing what happens when one is uh, obedient to God's word and applies it. And, and it's just so, so wonderful to see 
how quickly God answered your prayers. He is always Jehovah Jireh. And I just want to at this time just thank the church for all their giving over the past three months. It's been amazing to see the faithfulness of God. Let's pray for the offerings as they come in mainly by EFT. Now our money has just dropped off at the church. But but Lord, we, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you provide all our needs according to your riches and glory. And so we thank you for all the, all the monies that have come in. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless them, that they would serve to extend your kingdom, to help to feed the poor and the gospel, and the gospel being preached. So we thank you, Lord. Amen. Good morning, Sarepta family and friends. Shalom. We are living in troubled times and the future is uncertain. What does the future hold? Most of us worry. Now, worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Pray is a conversation you have with God about things he can change. Philippians 4, 6-7 Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Whenever you start to worry, stop and pray. Luke 18.1, pray at all times and do not be discouraged. And here are some scriptures of encouragement. Psalm 32 verse 8, I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. Isaiah 41.13 For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Psalm 34, verse 4 I prayed to the Lord, and he heard me. He freed me from all my fears. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I encourage you not to worry, but to pray. May the Lord bless and keep you all. Amen. Hi, everyone. The scripture I'd like to share today is from Genesis 35 that uh, I read in my daily readings from verse 1. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, purify yourselves, and change your clothes. And then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had, 
and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. And then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them, so that no one pursued them. And that story really spoke to me, because it's a story of Jacob and his family, and how God asked him to, uh, almost to take stock and and to to clean up his house and he Jacob's instruction to his family was to get rid of the foreign gods you have purify yourselves and change your clothes and then what's interesting is they in in obedience to God he goes up to Bethel to the place that God answered him in his day of distress and his testimony is the God who has been with him wherever he has gone what a testimony so it's almost like God calling Jacob to go back to the place where where he met God go back to the place where God had heard him in his distress in his in his lowest point God calls him to go back there um, and uh, in, in repentance and to meet God there for the next chapter of his life with God his journey with God and then this amazing statement that um, that after doing that um God's protection. The terror of God fell on all the towns around them, so no one pursued them. Just uh, an amazing story that I hope will encourage you. Thanks, Margs and Greg, for your encouragements. We're going to break bread this morning. Before we break bread, I just want to open up uh, the prodigal son, or as Tim Keller has called that parable from uh, Luke 15, the prodigal God. And prodigal means reckless, uh, extravagant. And we serve an extravagant father. He's a father who loves us deeply, who loves us dearly. When we look at that story, we look at the story of the prodigal son, we see this younger son who wants to go and sow his wild oats. He wants his inheritance early. And so he goes to his, his father and says, please give me my inheritance. And his father gives him his inheritance and uh, what he was really actually saying is, I wish you were dead, Dad. That's quite a thought, because he wanted his money. He wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to run his own life. And he went off, and he went off into uh, a foreign country, and he had uh, an amazing time. He spent all his money on wine, women, and song. And uh, then came to his senses when he ran out of money, and suddenly he realized what a bleak situation he found himself. And he thought to himself, it would be better if I went home and was just a servant at home. And so he makes the journey to home. But his dad, who is sitting on the porch waiting for him, looking out the window, hoping with great expectation that he is going to come, come home someday. And when he sees him, what does he do? He gets up and he runs. And he runs to his son. And that was not a dignified thing for an elder, for a father to do in those days. It wasn't just, that's not what happened. But he ran, ran and wrapped his arms around him and he gave him everything. He, there was a, a feast which was 
throne for him. It was, uh, he was given the credit card. He was given his old room back. What a loving father. He didn't wait for his father to, he didn't wait for his son to, um, uh, confess and repent. He, he accepted him. He just was so pleased to have his son back. And then there's another son in the story, and that's the older brother. The older brother is, uh, never left home. He's done everything according to the book. He's been, uh, fastidious. He's worked hard. And when he hears of this party happening and he hears that it's his younger son whose party is, is being thrown in honor of, he is very bleak. He is very dark. He is very disappointed because his father has not even thrown a single party for him. And, uh, his father is just as much interested in this, in this older brother as in, as in the younger son. And so he, um, he goes out to him. He goes out and reaches out to him. He pleads with him. He says, come in, son. My son who once was lost is, has been found. Isn't that an amazing thought? And uh, the, the elder son didn't come in. And so what do we see from this story? We see this from the story. The most important thing is the father. Is this loving father who loves his sons dearly, both of them, both the older and the younger. And he does everything he can to draw them back into fellowship with him. Isn't that what God the Father has done for you and I? Isn't that what he did when Jesus came and died for us? He said, it doesn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter whether you had a, a religious background or you had been wild. He was calling you. And so that's what this table is about this, this, this morning. The table is about God's mercy. It's about God sending his only begotten son that we might have life and its fullness and we might enjoy the presence of our heavenly father. So as we come to the table this morning, we come with uh, grateful hearts and thankful hearts because we have done nothing to earn the salvation. It has all been achieved at Jesus, by Jesus. So let's come. I hope you've got bread and wine in your homes. And if you haven't, well then quickly get some. But here's the, here's the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus, which was broken for you and I. What a, what a thing. He went and he gave his life that you and I might have life. So take and eat the body of Jesus. <laughs> On the same night, he he also took the, the cup and he said, this is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. So Lord, this morning again, we come to you and we drink. We drink of you. We drink the blood, the red, red blood, the, the, the wine. And we know that we are forgiven. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you today. We could celebrate Father's Day. We could celebrate you as our heavenly father that we are part of the family of God. And so we thank you. Amen.